Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> It's Fleetwood who get us underway. Shinny prepares to send this one in again. Lots of movement again, and again it comes in, and it's... Oh, yes! yes! And this time it's Purrington, who meets the header in the six-yard box and buries it to put Charlton in the lead. Well, that was three brilliant corners yeah. on the spin. Each one was was slightly... Well, the first two were, were slightly slim, similar, but that one was different. It was... The Charlton just stepped away, different positioning, and the, the, the whip on the cross was excellent. It invited anyone to come and hit it. All the focus, we were focusing on Innes, looking at Innes, and it's Ben Perrington who yeah. pops up and scores. There's obviously a weakness at their near post. That was, that was mid, mid to, to near, and uh, Ben's attacked it brilliantly and got a great header, 1 0. To Bogle, and it's a chance, a chance to counter attack it. Bogle approaching near Japan to onto his left foot. Over Bogle strikes, oh, save it. Oh, yes! Come on! A chance make it two! Connor Washington getting the fourth of his season so far. And it was a great counter-attack from Charlton. Gunter winning the ball. Bogle driving towards the edge of the penalty area. Powerful effort. Parried by Leutweyer. And there was Connor Washington on hand, onside, to make it two. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant now. I know it was early on, early on in that passage of play. Albie, Albie dropped right back in as a back five. And then Chris, Chris has talked to him to go and press the ball. He's pressed. Then Chris has pressed. So they worked together really well. Nicked it. And then Omar really positive there when he got the ball at the, the centre-half and he's shot, good save, and then Connor's there. Coots looks for a potential switch across towards Evans, towards Jared Penge, he's a lovely control, Evans back onto his right foot, shooting Johnson scores! And Charlton's long, clean sheet record finally comes to an end. Chet Evans receiving the ball, edge of the penalty, gets onto his right foot, and his powerful effort beats Ben Amos and Fleetwood are back into this game. That's a good, it's a good finish, it's a good take to be fair to him. He uses Mackay onto his right foot, ball in the penalty, he's a decent looking one towards Evans, Is another goal! It looked like it a potential foul. foul on Ben Perrington. Surely there's a foul given. on Perrington there. And Fleetwood have made it level, a little bit of confusion, it looked like Perrington might have been pulled back, it's not been given and Fleetwood have equalised three goals in a matter of, or two goals should I say, in a matter of what, 30 seconds or so, 50 seconds or so. It's left Charlton a little bit stunned. I mean, we need to regain our composure here. Morgan looking for a reverse ball. Across to Washington, looks for the give and go. Morgan's in the pounder. Was he tripped? Yes, yes he was. Yes. Brilliant football from Charlton. Morgan with the one-two with Washington. And Morgan was tripped, possibly by Andrew, the left-back, or Mulgrew, one of the two. And Charlton have a pick on Washington to take. Referee blows a whistle. Washington steps up and scores! And Charlton retake the lead. Connor Washington with the second of his night. Penalty to the goalkeeper's right. He went the right way, the goalkeeper couldn't do anything about that. And Charlton take the lead. Great reaction from the lads. Superb reaction. Poked away up to Finley. And then a touch out from uh, Coots on, on his yeah, target. And that's the final whistle. Superb battling efforts, especially in this second half from Charlton. So, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez and we'll be looking back this week on the BMP uh, at the uh, win over Fleetwood Town, our sixth in a row, and of course ahead to Saturday's 
home game in the FA Cup, the magic of the cup against Plymouth Argyle. We'll hear from Lee Bayer and from Connor Washington uh, throughout the show as we're also going to hear from two chaps who've joined me uh, on the pod this week. First up, we've got Mr. Tom Wallin. How the devil are you, Tom? I'm very well. Desperately yeah. trying to think of some sort of presidential pun, but I couldn't think of one quick enough. Oh, God, if I, uh, something about... Yeah, because Connor Washington's scoring on Tuesday Tuesday night on US election night. I mean, I got a hell of a lot of mileage out of that. So probably <laughs> worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed you, Boyer's reaction more yeah, than Washington's. Bo- yeah, Boyer did not laugh at my joke. Connor Washington very politely <laughs> laughed at my crap joke. But, you know, show, shows the, the measure of the man, I guess. Uh, and also uh, a man who has to laugh at my jokes or will be kicked off the podcast uh, is Lewis Cat. How you doing, Lewis? Yeah, good, mate. You okay? Yeah. Yeah. Did you like that one? It was very good. Yeah, I that's stop the right laughing answer. On Tuesday night stitches. Oh, that's the right answer. Good to hear. Okay. But no, Bo's Bo's reaction was just like absolutely priceless. It was so yeah. funny. He did not find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, on tonight's show, uh, as I said, well, we just heard the the, the goals from the, from the Fleetwood game. Um, and, and before we, we really look ahead at Plymouth, obviously we're going to dissect that one, Tom. And I mean, it's a, it, it, it's the first time in a while that we've been dealt a real setback. You know, obviously get, getting that two-goal that two goal advantage uh, and then all of a sudden having it wiped out with two goals in the space of a minute. I mean, that was a real shock. So it's to come out on top yet again for the sixth time in a row as we climb up to third in the League One table. I mean, th- this squad is, uh, you know, questions that are being asked of it currently. Well, they've got the answers and... The longer this goes on, the the more carried away I'm going to get. Definitely, yeah. They're standing up to to all kinds of tests at the moment, and I think you could look at that result in a few different ways. Um, the way I choose to look at it, as you say, is we had that period of adversity in the game against a very good football inside, and you know, Boya said it himself today. I know Jerry Barton said it after the game, and I know a few people were kind of critical of it, of the sort of headline but if you read his comments he was probably right you know he said Charlton maybe deserved to win but we played nice football and I think you could agree with that if you watch the game so I think to come through a test like that uh, and when you haven't conceded for so long very easy to concede a goal and and fall apart as we did by conceding another one a minute later but we regrouped we won our penalty and got ourselves back in front and then we looked a lot more assured again I still don't think Ben Amos had a a huge amount to do it was just a a kind of crazy minute really and I guess for Lee Boyer the positives for that are that it wasn't something you know uh f- you know a, a fall down of the system it wasn't you know the personnel we'd picked or anything like that it was just a a crazy couple of minutes that we can hopefully just forget about and and focus on the positives from the game because there were there were plenty obviously some of the forward play was good um, the fact we didn't have a lot of possession but still took our chances was good. We've seen that in a lot of games recently. And yeah, just overall, a very, very good performance against another good side. Johnny Williams obviously said it after Portsmouth. You know, we've played a lot of good teams in the last sort of four or five weeks. And that was another one. We stood up to the test and got another three points. Yeah, because well, that was the thing, actually. When, when Johnny said that after the Portsmouth game, I did look at the fixtures we'd had. And I think... Like the, the the previous four that we'd won before then had all been against teams in the bottom half. So I sort of took that with a bit of a pinch of salt. But now, Lewis, we have beaten Portsmouth and we have beaten a Fleetwood side that looked looked good, you know, and they've got some big names in that team. And they're obviously managed by uh, the, the sort of manager that can certainly motivate you because you're worried he's going to headbutt you if, if you don't do well. So, you know, the, clearly we've beaten two two good teams in the last couple of weeks now. And that that's what's really making me sort of sit up and and take a bit of notice of this side and you know we, we'll hear from Connor Washington he put, he talks about the the quality throughout the squad and we're seeing it because we had to make changes and we had to have a bit of a makeshift back four back five at times but we we're still picking up these results and like I say in the last two against sides that are actually quite good yeah definitely I mean I think you've hit the nail on the head really we've got decent results against two sides that I believe will be up there um, come the end of the season. I thought Fleetwood had a, you know, they were very attacking. They went, they came for us all game. They didn't, didn't uh, sit back. They've got experienced pros in their side, you know, Charlie Mulgrew, Glenn Whelan, people like that. And the attacking threat that they boasted as well. Um, And we dealt with that, you know, and bearing in mind that we were also missing Akin Famwo from that back, you know, that back line who's, been incredibly impressive alongside um, Ryan Innes. And we've, like you say, we've had to kind of sort of get by and make shift. And 
we still didn't look that uncomfortable. I mean, as Tom said there, there was that kind of crazy minute that we had there with Chad Evans with the two goals and a, a slight lapse in concentration, I suppose. But it was it was interesting to see how we reacted to conceding that goal because we had gone so long without doing so that it was always going to be a test and see how the guys reacted. You know, unfortunately, we did lapse for that minute and concede the two. But the most important thing is that we showed the grit and determination to get get ourselves back in front and then ultimately hold on to that lead against very impressive opposition. And I'm I'm getting more and more impressed with this side as the weeks go by because we just look a lot more comfortable. Even in the tail ends of games, we, we speak so much about often we're like one goal ahead and in the last five minutes we have a complete meltdown and either concede and, and give the points away or we're kind of clinging on for dear life and it's like heart and mouth. But I don't think I've seen that out of us this season. We look a lot more calm and composed and we see games out much better and we're starting to take our chances as well. And Connor Washington, I mean, what a what a player he's he's turning into for us and, and what a deal that was to get him in because not only has he impressed me with his goal scoring form for us so far, but also his work rate and and his overall gameplay. I've been very impressed. And and as you say, with the rotation, we've got options there too to bring the likes of Chucks and EK and Paul Smith off the bench and you've got Omar Bogle in there as well. And these are these are four strikers who are getting a decent amount of game time and in that game time they're all producing something. And it's uh, it's really, really good to see and I'm I'm loving this side at the moment. It's the biggest shame for me is that we're not all there to watch them because I think, you know, they're they're a real crowd pleaser of a side. Some of the football being played is fantastic and yeah, I'm I'm really happy with the way things are going at the moment and I'm I'm sure most Charlton fans would be. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and I agree with, with with what you said about Connor Washington. And like I say, we're going to come on to him later on in in the show. But he does he does bring that running, it that tireless running, uh, and a few goals as well. And of course, a, a very good sense of humour that that we've seen already. Um, Tom, uh, the, off to the perfect start, you know. Um, and it, it became a bit of a running joke on Twitter that, that I, about corners coming to nothing. But actually, if you look at our corner stats over, I mean, last year we'd scored quite a few from corners and we've grabbed a couple in the last couple of weeks now and a bit of an unlikely source for the opener uh, against Fleetwood on Tuesday. Now, Ben Purrington, a player who you'd have to say has picked up a few uh, a few detractors recently. So very pleased to see him. Uh, put a finger to his lips and quiet them down with a little goal. And to be fair, I've probably I've probably been in those detectors at the time. I don't think he's quite the exciting left back that, that Ian Martin is, but he does a job and, and and he scored an important goal on Tuesday. Yeah, I think sometimes fans can have short memories, um, and I don't necessarily blame them given what we've been through in the the past few months. You kind of don't want to look too far into the past, all the way back to the likes of Wembley and the early parts of last season, but. I think firstly on corners, if you look at stats across football, I think it's, it's often a, a running thing that you hear on kind of football podcasts that they they laugh when a, a, a ball goes behind for a corner and the crowd start cheering and getting excited because I can't remember, but it's a very, very low percentage that actually turn into goals. So, so It's something like, what it's much worse than like one in 10 or something like that. Yeah, worse. it's yeah. crazy. So I know your thing has become a bit of a joke because you're, you're obviously tweeting it in the same way, etc. But... The truth is that not many corners are going to. And so I think actually we, we probably score a much higher percentage of our corners than many teams do. And I remember probably two seasons ago, we were speaking about all of the work Jacko was doing with the likes of Bauer and Pierce and getting them into into positions to score goals, even probably all the way back to the likes of Michael Morrison, you know, and, and Dorian DeVete, I remember getting on a lot of, a lot of corners as well. So... It, on the whole, we're good from set pieces. I was delighted for Ben Purrington. You know, I've been slightly critical of him as well, but I think we have to accept that he's not the the forward running player, as you say, that Martson is or De Silva is, or even someone like Jake when he's played in that wing back position has been. Um, he's very functional, but he can score goals. As I say, obviously Wembley, we saw it at Blackburn away as well, ghosting in at that back post and. Yeah, I'm really pleased for him because he has had his critics. I think some of them deserved. I think the sending off was silly. Um, but some of them, I think, are a bit harsh. And, and yeah, he's probably going to play second fiddle to Martson, particularly when we're looking for attacking threat on the flanks. Um, but he can certainly do a job for us. And I think he's the sort of player that when we're a goal or two up and we've got some time left, he's the player to sort of bring on and hopefully shore things up a bit. Because he, he is a good player. He's not, you know, he's probably not up there in our top three or four, but... He's a solid squad player and, and he showed uh, his importance for us then. 
Yeah, and the thing, the thing about our, our set pieces in particular at the moment is the entire time that we have that freak, Ryan Innes, you know, so tall, he's either going to be what you aim for or he's going to be a distraction for the defence who are going to be make, concentrating so hard on not letting him get the ball that someone else will peel away. And obviously, we, we doubled that lead and uh, we'll talk about Omar Bogle maybe a bit later on, Lewis, but, you know, let, let's speak about Connor Washington then. The, the, the striker's goal. Strikers love to get a rebound like that because it shows that they've done their running, they found their space, they followed the ball in and uh he would have been so pleased with, with with what was a relatively simple finish in the end yeah absolutely you know he's been for me one of the most impressive acquisitions we've had because we knew the size of the void that there was in that striker position with Lyle Taylor and you know we were never gonna you don't just sort of hand pick these 20 goal a season strikers you know so it was a big old gap to fill and we're sort of filling that within the four players, but it's not the goal scoring side of it with Connor Washington. That's impressing me the most. It's just his overall work rate and, the, and bringing people into play and just being a bit of a nuisance. And like you say, like getting in those poacher positions to get on the end of, you know, whether it be a rebound across or whatever you have, you have to get in those positions as a striker. And he's showing that he's doing just that, you know, he's getting in the right positions and, it was great work from Omar to to get that shot away and the keeper spilled it, but Connor's got there ahead of the defender and, and you know, got us in that in that two nil lead. And, you know, what the one of the things with, with Connor Washington when he came in, I think, was that you know that he can score goals. Like he's got a great record at Peterborough. He got twenty seven goals in, in eighty two. QPR he sloped off and and got thirteen in ninety two. And obviously he went out to Sheffield United on loan, spent time at Hearts last season where he got three and fifteen. And we're maybe thinking, you know, it's one of those players that's struggling to find his form and, and find sort of that consistent goal-scoring record that people know he's capable of. He's coming for us now, and what's he got? Five and ten, which is, you know, not a bad return for somebody that's not played a huge amount of football, didn't have a overly, you know, large preseason like like a lot of players. But he's he's really impressing me so far, and and I think that it's a it's a credit to that recruitment because you think he came in during the toughest of, of times for us with, with the embargo and how lucky we were to get him over the line when we did. And it's it's really proven that that recruitment has worked in our favour. And I'm, I'm really, really enjoying watching him at the moment. And I, I think he's going to be a fantastic fit here at Charlton. Yeah, he's done superbly uh, so far. So, Tom, we're, we're tuning up and cruising. And what, what on earth happened next? Because I managed to miss both of those goals. I, was, I looked up uh, for the first one. I was, still, I was still waiting to go on air to talk about our second goal. And then I missed the second, their second one because I was too busy trying to write a sarcastic tweet about us losing the clean sheet record. So I actually I actually just looked up and both of them were in the back of the net. So you're going to have to talk me through what the hell happened there. The side that hadn't conceded in nine and a half hours then did it twice in just over a minute. I think I worked it out. Something like a minute and ten seconds between the two goals. I think, yeah, a combination of lapsing concentration. Uh, again, you go back to kind of classic football cliches you're at your kind of most vulnerable just after you've scored and I think for probably the first time this season that that was the way we looked we didn't seem to switch on from the kickoff and and as I say just lapses in concentration and you combine that with a, a striker in Ched Evans that whatever you think of his past and obviously he had that that high profile uh, court case and I think some time in jail didn't he but um Whatever you think of him, in, in terms of that, he's a, a very good striker at this level. Uh, and Jerry Barton took a punt on him again. Whether you, you feel he should be playing football or not isn't really the discussion we're having here. But he's a very good player. Um, and he just took advantage of those lapses in concentration. And you look back at the goals, it's just like, it almost looks like we're playing at half speed. We're just a little bit sluggish to the ball, a little bit slow, just trying to kind of catch up. And I think that first one probably did knock us, you know, Um and I think, you know, the back four were so so unfamiliar with the sight of seeing the ball in the back of their net that they probably were then just still trying to regroup when, again, he, he got through. And you watch both goals back, it's very sloppy on our part. But like I say, the fact that they happened in quick succession, and apart from that, I don't remember Ben Amos having a lot to do. He made a good good save in the second half, tipping the ball over the bar, I remember. And maybe one other off the top of my head, I can't think now. So he, he still didn't have a lot to do. So I think what really impressed me was as soon as those goals went in, we did manage to regroup and we did manage to sort ourselves out. You worry that if those goals had come perhaps a little bit more apart, say 10, 15 minutes apart, 
it might have been the result of something a bit more severe. But as it was, I think look, it was just one of those lapses in concentration. You could see them all looking around a bit like, well, I didn't expect that to happen. Um, so you just chalk it up to that and move on. I'm sure we won't see the same uh, at the weekend, which probably cues something awful happening. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think it was anything more than that. Uh, and obviously we went on to get the win anyway, luckily, so it didn't matter. But um, yeah, I, I think it was just that really. Yeah, a potential foul on Ben Perrington for the second one for me as well. I haven't, haven't, haven't seen it back only once, so, but I did think there was potentially something dodgy with that. But as, as Tom said, Lou, we then we, we went into that second half and we started well. We won the penalty. It's that, that boy, Albie Morgan, who's come in for a bit of praise uh, from Lee Bowyer after the game, which is interesting because, of course, you know, Bo's asked for more from Albie Morgan. Um, I think we heard in the commentary highlights there he was, uh, he was praised by Jason Pierce for his part in the second goal where he sort of dropped back in and gave Gunter the, the room to manoeuvre forward. Um, so, you know, and part of that tracking back was, was what Bayou wants. But obviously, if you're a, a midfielder, especially one who's slightly forward-facing, then you're going to want to be involved in incidents in the opposition penalty area as well. And he played a wonderful little one-two and got in there, got that penalty, and uh, kind of dispatched it very nicely indeed. Yeah, he did. And as you said, I thought Albi was absolutely fantastic. Um, in that game and I'm really happy for him because as you say he's come under quite a lot of stick from from Lee Bowyer over the last couple of seasons really and I don't think it's because he's got this disliking to him or something but it's I think he sees maybe himself in in Albie Morgan as a a young player and he's just sort of frustrated when he's not doing the things he knows he's capable of doing or he's trying to drum into him that you do have to do the dirty side of the of the game, and and that's what he did on on Tuesday, and it, it was great to hear you know Bo sort of quote that Albie's made a huge step forward tonight because maybe that is you know the the step that he needed to take to be considered a little bit more as a regular starter because I rate Albie Morgan massively. I did in the in the League One season, and I thought he didn't look out of place last season when he played in the Championship as well. Um, so I'm really happy that he's he had that chance on Tuesday. I was I was glad to see his name on the team sheet. It, I didn't expect to see it, and I'm I'm kind of I'm glad that he was in there. Um, and as you say, like the great one too to win the penalty, he's got to make those runs, and it shows that he can do that going forward. But he also was called upon in defence when required, and, and got back and tracked back when he needed to, and helped out his defensive teammates. So an all round fantastic game from Albie Morgan and. I, I imagine he'll get some more minutes um, in the coming cup games as well because he's not played a lot of football this season. Was being touted for a loan potentially if there was if there was no interest, which I found absolutely baffling. Um, so yeah, maybe that confidence from the game on Tuesday, along with some minutes maybe Saturday against Plymouth and next week in the uh, Papa John's Pizza, whatever it's called, or the Papa Booba Diop Trophy as Nave called it the other day. Um, that might that'll probably benefit him, and hopefully we see a little bit more of him as a regular this season. Yeah, I, I do hope that this tie up with Papa John's does mean that, that we get free pizza somehow. But we'll we'll, we'll find out as uh, as as the, the game goes on. Right, um, Tom. So obviously we, we held on. Um, I think there was one good save from uh, Ben Amos from a Ched Evans header. Uh, but we did have our chances as well. You know, Chooks and EK came on, hit the post and had a header that went just wide. Uh, Washington had a chance for his hat-trick on the turn that he slashed a little bit wide. Um, but, you know, overall, I actually want to talk about a, a player who stood out for me on Tuesday, Omar Bogle, you know, played his part in that um, that, that, that second goal. Obviously, it was his shot that was blocked. But I thought his hold-up play is getting better and better. You know, we probably should, well, could well have had a penalty against Portsmouth on Saturday. Um, we're starting to see the Omar Bogle that obviously Lee Bayer and, and Steve Gallen were expecting to see because, you know, probably easy to think oh, he wasn't that busy in his first his first couple of appearances. But as we'll hear from, from Bo later on, you have to remember that he's He's not had a pre-season. He's not fit like the rest of them. So he's he's playing catch up, and he's starting to starting to look good. And he has to with with Chooks and Ike in the form he's in. Definitely, yeah. We've obviously joked about him a few times, haven't we? With some of the uh, the chances he's had and and being caught offside and and various things, and it, it doesn't look like it's clicking. But I think, yeah, you know, we've been we've been saying it slightly in jest. I think. It's taken him a little while, you're right, um, but he is playing catch-up. I think Connor himself said it, you know, he would probably see himself as a championship striker, as they all would. I think it's a little bit optimistic when you look at his career to say that, but certainly at League One level, I think he's already showing that, that he can do a job. And you look at the likes of people like uh, Firmino is obviously the the big example of a, a number nine or a striker that doesn't necessarily get that many goals themselves, but certainly plays a part in them. 
And I think Omar is starting to do that now. Uh, he's getting in the right places. As you say, his hold-up play looks good. He obviously set Washington up with the shot that kind of ricocheted back out to him. But he's had a he's starting to get chances himself now like that, creating chances for himself. I'm sure it won't be long until he starts to get some goals. Um, and I think where Bowyer is right is I don't see him, you know, banging 20 in at the end of the season. I mean, if he proves me wrong, then brilliant. But if he gets anywhere from 5 to 10 and, and sets up, you know, 7 or 8 as well, you'd look at that as a, as a positive season. And obviously Washington himself has got a lot of goals already for the short space of time he's been here. I think Chucks looks electric so far this season and he's got goals. Uh, Paul Smith, obviously, we're waiting to see from him as well. So I just think that there's a really nice balance across those front four in terms of what they offer us uh, and the combinations of them. And um, yeah, he's definitely going to play a big part in this season. And every game, he looks like he's improving a little bit, I think. Yeah, it certainly does. Although, to, to be fair, at the start of the show, I did not think we'd be uh, comparing Omar Bogle to Roberto Firmino. But here we are. Here we are. Right, let's uh, hear from Lee Boyer uh, after the game on Tuesday. He's a great manager, a terrible uh, judge of jokes, though. But the Addicts boss was pleased with his evening's entertainment. It was a very good game. I thought... Um game to watch good uh, trying to play the game in the right way moved the ball well uh, but I felt overall I thought that we deserved to win once we was 2-0 up I don't think Ben had actually touched the ball we was 2-0 up and, and, and cruising and they've got some good players that can hurt you and, and and Evans up top from nowhere he just went bang bang two goals from, from nowhere um, didn't see that coming at all uh, most important thing we we regrouped at half time and um, we got got the win. Yeah, for a, for a team that's gone so long without conceding uh, conceding twice like that in in just over a minute could have been a, a a bit of a shell shock. But I guess you'd be pleased with the way they reacted from that to to come out and win it in the second half. Yeah, um, obviously we defended a lot better. Uh, Sometimes that, that that happens in football. That like from from nothing, you know, didn't really do much wrong. Um, sometimes you got to appreciate the touch and the finish from from who you're playing against. And Evans is very good at that. So yeah, but it should have been stopped. It shouldn't have happened. And but today, uh, today is a day where where the strikers helped out the defenders. In previous weeks, it's been the defenders helping out the strikers. But as a group, um, can't ask no more from them. You know, they've got given absolutely everything from these last six, seven, eight games. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Like, it's relentless. Can't explain to you how difficult they to do, like, for, for the lads. And um, I'm really proud of them. So, now they can have a little break. They'll have a little break now and, and recharge the batteries because... They definitely need it. I think think you see there at the end, a few players were running on empty. Um, so they'll get a little break now. The commentator's dream for Connor Washington to score twice on the US election day. But um, he, I mean, he deserved it. He, he was one of those many ones that was just running himself into the ground and he's done that all season for you. Yeah, he don't stop working hard for the team. Um, but I think they all do that. Uh, I feel a bit for for Omar because if you think like the the, the goal, um, Connor's first one, like Omar does all the hard work and it comes back. Don't get me wrong, you've got to be there at the right place, right time, and good finish as well. Um, and uh, yeah, the penalty was was excellently taken. So um, the pair of them, I think they they're working hard together. I think they're they're working well together. The pair up top. So um, yeah, they cut they. Uh, they look like that they can cause damage. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Omar Bogle because obviously with, with Chucks in the fine form he is and, and Omar knows that when he starts games he has to put in performances like we've seen the last couple really. He's, he seems to be really grown into it over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and he's getting fitter. He's another one that you've got to remember. Um, we're way ahead of, of where we should be really um, with this group because... Again, I think today we started with an apps, a brand new back four from what we had on Saturday. It's crazy what we're doing. Um, but there's a group, like a lot of them came in not so long ago and, and they hadn't even done any pre-season. 
and we've just had to throw him in the deep end and and um but now it's it's starting to pay off a bit, you know, like they're getting fitter, like Omar strength, physicality, bringing it down, rolling people, running away from people, getting fouled, like one on one and getting getting half a yard and getting shots off. So um yeah, the the group are doing well. It's up to third in the in the league now. Um, I, m- I remember after the Lincoln game, you you know obviously we we'd lost that one, but you were really positive about what was going to happen over the next few weeks because you knew that it was going to be bodies coming in. But I guess even six wins in a row, I don't think many would have seen that coming. Are you starting to reassess what you think could be achieved this season, or is this sort of going along the line that you thought it would do? No, obviously, like I just said, we're way ahead of where I thought we would have been. Um, it's a long, long way to go. Um, but we're doing better than I expected so quickly, you know, like to, to gel a group together, it, it takes a bit of time. If you remember two years ago when we got promoted, it was really the back end of the season that we really got going, you know. Um, it's not easy to bring in 12 new players and, and get them to gel as quickly as what we had. I, I think most games we've had nine, ten players that didn't even play for us last year playing, starting. So it, it takes time, but what we have done is we've we've recruited people that, that are winners, and that makes a difference. Um, and and they, they will keep pushing, and hopefully we we keep picking up three points. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said what the f- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! Here we go. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Don't forget, be looking ahead to the home game in the FA Cup uh, with Plymouth later on uh, in the show. But we just heard there from uh, Lee Bowyer, Louis. I can't remember ever coming onto a show where we, where we don't have to talk about what an amazing job he's done. But again, this rebuild of the squad, you know, from nothing. And, and obviously with... with Thomas Sangard's help and with uh, with Steve Gallon's help, you know, I mean, he's not doing it on his own, but he, he's the man at the helm in, in terms of what we're seeing on the pitch. And once again, you know, he, he, he's had to do things a bit differently this year. You know, um, we've got an interesting tweet in a minute that we'll come to and then respond to it with some quotes that, that Bo gave Rich earlier on the, this afternoon. But, you know, he, he's moulded another side almost from scratch and, and a very different side to the one that he moulded two years ago, but he's found a way to to win games yeah he's he's pretty good at it isn't he as well <laughs> getting these teams together and you know we look back to the start of the season before uh thomas came in and, and we're sort of we're struggling aren't we you know we, we've been forced to play the likes of charlie barker who don't get me wrong was fantastic when he came in um but get incredibly young and you're you're looking into like the depth of the squad and there there is none you know that squad depth isn't there and that takeover goes through and the recruitment that's been done in such a short space of time from Bo and Steve Gallon and everything, it's just outstanding. You know, the players they've brought in for this level are, are fantastic. I mean, we've even like unearthing rough diamonds, they're, they're just like unbelievable at it. Yeah, Ryan Innes is the perfect example because he came in and you had all of his previous loan clubs sort of giving him a bit of stick. You had Palace fans saying that, um, you know, he was he was no good and hadn't played a game for them, but what do they know about a decent footballer? And the same with, you know, and, and him coming in with that reputation and everything. He's come in and, and it's like Bo's just got got him to play. He's been fantastic. And 
he looks like he's settled now and that there's a player in there that is going to perform for this football club and give everything and give 100% every week. And you see that in every acquisition, even the lone players, you know, like like Akin Famwo. And we just we just look like a really good squad. And I think, um, you know, Connor Washington mentions, and we'll come on to it in a bit, you know, the quality is, is just outstanding. And we've we've never really, well, in the in recent history anyway, been in a position where we can comfortably rotate. You know, there are some positions where maybe slightly light with, you know, with defensive injuries. I don't know the seriousness of, of Famwo's injury. Hopefully Pierce will be back soon as well. But you've got cover in every position, you know, and that is something that we've lacked. We've had to sort of do make shift and, and get by in so many, you know, so many situations. And now it's really looking like we've got a competitive squad at this level and you can move people around and you can rotate in what's going to be a hectic schedule because of the the season being, you know, started later because of the pandemic and the scheduling is is harsh. And, and we know that with the, the Saturday, Tuesday and we're in a position where we've, we've got the players to deal with that now. And, and that's something that's incredibly refreshing because we just haven't had that recently. Um, and that rotation that you have, you, you're not sort of losing a huge amount of quality because a lot of the players I feel are on an even keel when it comes to their quality. You know, I think Chucks and Omar Bogle, for example, were very similar players. Chucks, goal scoring wise, I think he's looked like unbelievably threatening. Every time he gets the ball, he looks like he could score. He got in two great positions on Tuesday and, and hit the post on one of those uh, one of those attempts. Paul Smith is a is a lively player that can play not just up front, but he can play out wide. You've got those midfield options that are just seem to be endless and and defenders, two right backs. I mean, both of those right backs would walk into any League One side, and we've got one you know one of them as a backup you know it's it's incredibly healthy and we haven't been in this position for a long time and I'm enjoying every single minute of it and Bowyer has to take a huge amount of credit and I'm just so glad that finally after all that frustration of last season and, and hearing him so you know sort of neglected and down and, and upset when we got relegated to hear hear him now and and have the right tools at his disposal to make this a successful football club again it, it's really really good to see and I'm I'm over the moon yeah, it's, it's it's a change in sort of attitude, not attitudes, but in how the uh, some of the the man, like the manager and some of the staff uh, seem to be in their mood at the moment. There was a video the the club put up of Steve Gallen. It's only a short clip earlier that, that I saw on the, on Twitter, but you know the smile on his face when he saw about Thomas Sangard and you know how how much easier it must have made their jobs or, or literally more possible uh, than it was before. But anyway, let's have a look at some of the tweets and emails that come in. This is a good one uh, from Steve Richards, who's emailed us. Says hello from the Scottish branch of the Addict Supporters Club. Uh, another great result for the boys, battling qualities all over the pitch. Did you know that when Shiniesta played at Inverness Caledonian Thistle up near Loch Ness, the local fans called him the Nessie Messi? Nice. Nessie Messi. So I think we, we need to either use that or come up with an equivalent uh, for Shiniesta, the Nessie Messi. I like that. I might start using that on uh, on Twitter uh, <laughs> over, over the next few games. Right. Um, let's have a look at some of the other tweets. Uh, Dave Boy says, what I take from Tuesday is that we are winning the league. Come on, you Reds. Steve Jones uh, said, Fleetwood, probably the best team we've played so far this season. And we've showed great character having lost the two goal lead. Uh, and to get the third and to see uh, the game out. Michael Smith says we need to uh, develop uh, better game management. Our desire to close down the opposition wanes after 20 minutes because of poor ball retention. Our midfielders get exhausted and we have poor spells midway through each half. The good news is that this is all in our own hands to rectify. Uh, Robert Crouch said Fleetwood are a decent side, so to come back after 2-2 show great character, which bodes well for the rest of the season. So let, let's talk about that That. Uh, tweet there Tom from Michael Smith where he's talking about us not not having a lot of possession because I mean Bose said to said to Rich today in, in on the South London Press website when we we're in this division before we were a side that dominated possession but we had different players then so with the group we have now we have to go and find a different way to win that's what you've done you can have the ball all you like but if you don't create chances you're not going to win games I would say that Fleetwood uh, on Tuesday night they moved the ball well I agree with that but before our second uh, there our goalie never touched the ball and we were 2-0 up uh, you know and both Bo goes on to talk about how this was like a game plan or he, he looks at tactics and how we're going to affect the side we're playing and attack their weaknesses and in some cases giving up a bit of the ball is, is what we do so whereas Michael you know rightly pointed out that we did give up a lot of possession 
on Tuesday, and it could have it could have gone a different way. You know, if Chet Evans heads that that one that third one under the bar, and Amos doesn't make that save that he obviously is there to do, then maybe it could be a different game. But Bayer's looked at strengths and weaknesses, and if you look at chances created, I mean, we were all over them. But if you look at possession, it's the other way around. So I, I think Bo will look at that and say he got his his game plan right. And if it weren't for you know falling asleep for a minute and a half, we would have won that two three nil. Definitely, yeah. I think you you've got to make the most of the squad you've got and. Playing possession-based football takes a lot of time because you need players to really understand each other and move for each other. And that takes a lot of time to gel. But working hard doesn't. You know, that's something he'll expect from day one. And and yes, they need to be fit enough to do it. And if you're going to be a side that concedes possession quite easily, you, you need to be fit to be able to track the ball down. And you need to be mentally fit as well to maintain your shape and keep a structure. And then you need to be able to move the ball quickly. And I think when you look back at the sides we've had previously who do play, you know, play the ball more on the floor, you think of the likes of Bauer and Naby Sarr at the back, people like Josh Cullen and Joe Aribo in midfield, who even Conor Gallagher last year, who were able to get their foot on the ball and really drive forward and, and use the ball. At the moment, I wouldn't say that we have as many of those. We've got people like Prattley and Watson who will get the ball and look to shift it out quickly and move the ball forward. And then you're relying on your front players to do a lot of the work. And by their very nature, the front players are already hopefully in the final third of the pitch. And therefore there isn't a lot of time for them to have possession because you hope they're going to have a shot. So I get what he's doing. Um, I mean, obviously in an ideal world, everyone wants to see their teams play tiki taka and and win eight nil. But uh, I think on the balance of it, if you had to pick one, you'd pick the results, wouldn't you? And we're getting it. And it's not like we're playing ugly football at all. You think back to the Portsmouth game uh, last weekend. OK, they probably had more possession and we didn't create an awful lot. But the two goals we did score were really good quality. They were just very quick counter-attacks where we got the ball, shifted it forward quickly, got balls in the box and finished them. And that that's a way to play football and it's very efficient. So I think, yeah, for Boya. He's always had fit teams. I don't mean injury-wise, because we know how bad that is. But in terms of the actual players, you know, they are able to run around. looks-wise for a second there. <laughs> well, don't get me started on some of them. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, he's got players. And Connor referenced it himself in his post-match, didn't he, about the, the minutes, or sorry, the miles he clocks up in a game. If you've got players that can work hard and run and run and run themselves into the ground, that's half your job done. And then you can then work on the other aspects of the game. So... Boya's been a very shrewd tactician since the moment he came in the door. He's never set up a team without thinking about the opposition, unlike, obviously, Robbo, who we had before. And so, you know, you you have to look at the results. And so far, he's getting it right the majority of the time. So I have no problem with him playing that way. I think it's a very shrewd way to do it. Excellent stuff. Hello as well to Jonathan West from the Upbeats. I saw that he's been uh, uh, doing some singing and dancing on Twitter this week as well, uh, keeping the spirits up as, as we go into to lockdown. So I hope you're well, Jonathan. I hope you're enjoying uh, the show. Um, we've got one more email from Andrew, but I'm going to save that until after we hear from Connor Washington. Um, and uh, any, anyone who was paying attention on Twitter on Tuesday night will know that I cracked like some absolutely top draw jokes you know i'm claiming that stop counting the jokes they were great jokes um and uh, lee Bayer didn't laugh at him but connor washington did find it reasonably funny that he scored a brace uh, on the day that all eyes were on washington of course for the u.s uh, the u.s election see that's even i'm laughing at it now it's a great joke uh, but anyway we i spoke to uh, connor washington uh, after the game uh, and uh, the striker uh, said he was pleased to come out with the three points against Fleetwood. yeah it was a it was a, it was a slog to be honest um it didn't feel like a, a 3-2 game, but I think we, we probably had the better of it. They had a lot of possession, but I think we managed the game well and probably deserved the three points on the on the basis of everything, really. Yeah, I mean, looking at your two goals, the first one in particular, I bet, I bet you're pleased with because every striker loves to be the one to finish off a little chance like that. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I love playing down the middle and, and like you say, those goals are, are definitely the best ones and when things are going for you, you've got to make the most of those chances and thankfully I did. I managed to do that tonight. And um, I thought uh, the, the partnership between yourself and Omar uh, today looked, looked very good as well. Um, did you enjoy playing with him? Obviously, he, he was played a big part in your in your first goal. Yeah, I mean he's done brilliant for the for the goal, and I thought he was he was fantastic all night. To be honest, this, I was 
I was really surprised when, when you, you managed to sign a player of that calibre at this level, to be honest. I mean, he's a championship striker, as I think we all four of us probably would like to think we are, to be honest. So it's a, it's a great strike force and Bogues is getting fitter and fitter every game. And you can see that he's getting sharper. And I mean, I just think it's going to be an absolute glut of goals for him. Uh, just around the corner. It's a great run, obviously, the Charlton run now, six games uh, in a row that, that you've won. Uh, the confidence must just be growing and growing in the side. Obviously, it's, it's a newly assembled side and one that's had to play a really relentless run. Obviously, um, a lot of the players who came in haven't had a proper pre-season as well. So to, to get this, this run of victories in, in such a short spread of time um, must have been really pleasing. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I went away from the international break and came back and I felt uh, we had about 15 new players. But... I think credit's got to go to the manager, Steve, and obviously the owner as well, because the players I came back to was just, just a crazy quality, to be honest, at, at this level. And uh, <clears throat> I think the recruitment's been brilliant and they're the right type, type of characters as well. Training, training's gone up a level since they've all come in. And I think you look at our 11, then you look at the subs, and then you look at even the lads that aren't in the squad and that are on the, on the injury table. And I think... I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to say that anybody in the league would would have a better squad than that. So, yeah, it's a great run. And I mean, you look around the changing room, and you just think that it just feels like we we're not going to we're not going to get beat. To be honest, uh, just Lee had said a while ago that he didn't think he had one striker in the building that would get twenty goals a season. Uh, did you see those quotes? Because fans yeah. the fans were talking about it a bit, and they were sort of saying, "Oh, is this kidology from Lee? What what would you say about it? You're on five already." Yeah, I mean, the last time I was at this level, I think I had 15, 16 by Christmas. So, obviously, I've not played uh, solely through the middle under under the manager. Um, but I'd like to, obviously. Um, that's where I like to be. I like getting in those positions. And I feel like I'm at an age now where I'm very comfortable in my own skin and with my own game that I know what I'm good at. And, and I, I, know, I know I can score goals at this level. I have done before. So, um, yeah, it's, I'd like to think it was kidology, like you, like you said, from the manager. And but the other thing is, he's going to rotate us all as well. We've we've seen that. So I mean, if we can get if we can get one of us on twenty, then fantastic. And uh, hopefully that one will be me. Space on the right-hand side for Alfie Doughty now in the penalty area. This is a huge chance for the Alex and it's Alfie Doughty who puts Charlton into the lead with a calm left-footed finish. It was a wonderful fall through to the youngster and he pulled it in onto his left foot and slides it beyond the goalkeeper. It's crew Alexandra Neal, Charlton Athletic 1. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back then to Charlton Live. This is the big uh, match preview. Just before the uh, the break, then we heard from from Connor Washington, Tom, and uh, as I was saying, like so, Connor Washington, right? Just so I, I'll explain it to everyone because maybe Bo didn't get it. Maybe it was that. So Washington is the name. Yeah, that's of what the it was. Place. Yeah, yeah, probably is where is where the U.S. like the White House is, like where the the president of the United States lives. And now Tuesday night, you may have heard it in the news was the the night of the US election, right? So Washington, yeah, yeah. And Connor Washington, our striker, Tuesday night, scored twice. Brilliant. So obviously I told it to Bo, as you heard earlier on, and he was internally laughing, it would appear. But I did mention it to... I don't think it made the cut for for the bit I put in for the pod, but I did mention it to, to Connor, and he was rolling on the floor laughing. They had to, they had to cut, cut, the, cut the recording because he was laughing so hard. And you, you can see why, Tom. Clearly a man with a great sense of humour. Sure. Yeah. Um, the, the clip I saw wasn't so much that. It was more a very polite, I don't know who this man is, but I'm just going to laugh and be nice. <laughs> but I mean, you interpret it any way you like, mate. Anything. I, I, they all I count, don't they? As a, man, as a man who's on a high from scoring two goals, he's already, you know, five for the season. He's thinking, what's going to make this night better? Hopefully someone will make the link between my surname, Washington, and the United States Capitol building, which I've never thought of before. And, and he was he was delighted. And I was glad to uh, to put a smile on his face. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Um, uh, we do have an email, actually, that's coming from uh, from Andrew Whitworth Whiffin and some very, on, on some very sad news. You may have seen uh, this week that Matt Tease uh, passed away, a former uh, addict. 
during the mid to late 60s. And this email's come from Andrew. It says, Dear Charlton Live, I wanted to let current fans know what a big contribution Matt Tease made to Charlton during the mid and late 60s and to mark his passing. As a physical presence on the pitch, you would have laughed at his pale, skinny legs and lightweight build up against big, tough defenders who knew how to kick a player and stop them in their tracks. But when it came to winning the ball in the air, he had no fear and ability way above the second division we were playing in. Whoever had to clean his boots has an easy time. Passes to his feet were unusual. Uh, there is some match of the day footage of him during a 2-0 defeat of Derby County. I think Matt scored the second. Uh, brackets rare to be on the TV in those days. The cameras were there for Derby who were in the promotion race uh, from Division 2. Yeah, it sounds right. And, and unusual for us to... Uh, uh, win as well on, on TV but he says uh, he was such a pivotal part of the attacking of the attack winning the ball for the team in the air uh, after he was sold back to Grimsby our wingers and backs just kept putting crosses in and the fans and team kept expecting Matt uh, to be there to win the ball. It was a shock a few years ago to see him on Alan Shearer's BBC programme on brain damage from heading the ball as he was suffering from dementia. Uh, he was totally dependent on his loving wife and family. From what I saw on match days and all the practice that must have happened on the training ground unseen, unconvinced uh, that dementia was caused by heading the ball. I don't think that modern balls will be that much better just like low tar cigarettes are cancer free. Anyway, that's for another day. I hope the fans and the club can mark his passing in some significant way r.i.p and matt tease and that's a wonderful email andrew thank you for sharing that and, and it just goes to show actually like obviously we, we're talking about a player who was before my time but he clearly had this reputation because when i when, when i saw his name this week i already knew about his heading ability with the ball that was something he was very well remembered for but obviously um anyone who saw that alan shearer documentary is something that's played a massive part in in a lot of uh a lot of former players' uh, health going forward, and, and it's really sad to see. But thank you to to Andrew for uh, for sharing that with us, and uh, and uh, our best wishes go to to Matt Tease, his family. Uh, there's a thread, there's a big thread on Charlton Life as well. If you if you wish to go and share your uh, your memories uh, of, of the great man, right? Let's uh, have a look ahead uh, to the game uh, with Plymouth. Then in the FA Cup, uh, Lewis, how are you feeling about this one? I mean, it is going to be changes upon changes, really, isn't it? So, you know, considering the run we've been on in the league, are you putting that much uh, pressure on us to go through in the cup? I mean, will it, are you worried about the momentum being lost or gained from from a cup run? Um, it's hard to call, really. I mean, it was all. It would always be nice to go on a on a bit of a cup run. Um, it's a great opportunity for some other players that might not be getting you know consistent minutes to to get some game time. It's an opportunity for for Ash Maynard Brewer to get some minutes in goal, uh, and a couple of players that maybe aren't a hundred percent fit to try and get in there. You know, Marcus Madison has been he hasn't really featured really apart from those minutes at Sunderland, and we know what player he can be when fully fit. So this is probably a good opportunity for him to. To come in and get some game time. Um, in terms of the pressure, I, I don't, I won't be too gutted if we go out because it's such a congested season. And given our record with injuries and everything, I, I wouldn't want to pack it with too many fixtures. But ultimately, also, I don't want to lose a game of football. So if we do lose, I won't be too, I won't be too gutted as long as we put in a decent performance and it's beneficial to those players that aren't getting as many minutes in the league at the moment um and if we go on and win then then great it'd be it'd be good to get a a decent tie in the next round you know, I'd like to get one of the one of the non-league guys like a Bromley or a Tunbridge or something you know one of the local guys um it's just a shame we can't be there to watch it obviously um but yeah it's it's a great opportunity to to rotate and and get some game time into some of those players and yeah um, it ultimately it's beneficial isn't it but I won't be too gutted if we if we do go out um but you know the FA Cup is is a fantastic competition isn't it and we've we've had memories of getting to the quarterfinals not not so long ago up at Sheffield United and and that was an incredible day so you never know if the tail end stages of the uh, of the competition are there and we're in it and fans are allowed back in then you never know what sort of draw you might get but um yeah we'll have to wait and see yeah, that that would be slightly sad if we get all the way to the final as a League One club and his, and the fans aren't allowed to to be there. I mean, uh, Carl tweeted in a, a question for you, Tom. He says uh, with uh, next week's game postponed, obviously the Rochdale game has been called off next weekend uh, for international call ups. I think uh, Williams, Gunter, and Levitt are with Wales and Washington uh, with Northern Ireland. Um, 
Carl says, would you still make wholesale changes for the cup game or would you give the guys a few days off next week? So would you play on Saturday uh, knowing fully well that they've got a week off coming up anyway? So, you know, which way do you land with that? Do you take the risk or, and, and at the same time keep a level of fitness going or, or do you just give effectively what would be a for first team members of the squad two weeks off now if, if, uh, if that's the way that sort of Lee picks it? That's the way I'd be doing it. I think... The likes of, of Johnny and, and Levitt and Connor and, and Guntz, as you say, they're going to be playing football the following week anyway with their, their nation. So for them, probably give them a rest this week because if not, they're going to be playing all the way through. Um, and for the others, I think, as Bowyer himself has said, with, with Pierce and Madison as some good examples, these two games are a good opportunity to get some minutes in their legs. Maybe like Omar as well, playing his way back into fitness and form is someone that you want to see minutes from. Um, but then there's probably other players who you do want to, to rest a little bit. Um, you know, any player that's even just taken a little knock, uh, you know, like Famo having to come off, even if he is back and available, do you want to take the risk with him? Probably not. No. Um, I kind of I'm not so worried about the lack of momentum. You look at the team we're playing, obviously from the same division. So if we were to lose to them, it's it's not a humiliation against non-league. Um, and if we're to get through, you think of of Fulham away, obviously in the the League One season under Powell. You know the FA Cup. Okay, we got hammered four nil there, but that almost served as a real bonus for for that season. So if we go through, brilliant. If we don't, I'm not going to lose much sleep over it. But I think the key thing is about maintaining the squad. So for me, I'd be going wholesale changes other than those that you, you feel need the minutes. Uh, and by that, I mean players like Marcus Madison and players who are currently playing who perhaps just need more time to get themselves up to speed. Um, but no, on the whole, I would expect a, a fair few changes for the next two games. Yeah, it is a great chance, isn't it, for some, some players to, to, to get some minutes. And just on a side note, I know I said earlier that Roberto Firmino was one of the last people on earth that I'd expect to see uh, Omar Bogle compared to. I've, I've sent a text to Nathan to see if he could guess who Tom's compared him to. And just to give you a, an idea of how far down the list Roberto Firmino is, Firmino, whatever his name is, uh, is uh, Nathan's gone through Sean Gota and Neil Shipley and Efren Okoku before we've got anywhere near <laughs> Roberto Firmino. <laughs> So, so yeah, that, that was an out of the out, out, out of left field uh, comparison there. Um, Lewis, you mentioned Marcus Madison then. So Richard uh, again quotes with, with Bowyer this afternoon. He's likely to be involved Saturday and and Tuesday in, in the Papa John's. So, I mean, excited to see what he can do now. He's just hopefully just got over this this little niggling injury that he's got because I mean he, he's a player the quality of which you add to the squad and the performances we've put in so far, and the rest of League One are going to have to sit up and take notice, aren't they? Oh, definitely. I mean, we know what he can do at this level. He's done it against us and we've we've seen it, you know, throughout when he was at Peterborough. Some of the goals that he scored have been phenomenal and also what he brings to the strikers in terms of assists. You know, I think he's he's notched like double figures assists um, for Peterborough and consistently for the last maybe four or five seasons, which is, is some stat. And at this level as well, where you've got quality strikers like Chucks and EK, Omar, Connor Washington, Paul Smith, you know, they're they're going to thrive off that once um, once Marcus is up to speed. And it's a good opportunity for him to come in now and, and sort of, without the pressure of the league, almost come in and try and find his feet. Because I think if he if he does get firing, there's one hell of a player there. And that's what probably could be one of the best bits of business we'll do. Um, obviously, like we say, he hasn't played a huge amount of football and he's, he's not been able to kick on so far because of that slight niggle he's had with his ankle. Um, so... Now that he's that he's fit and able to get minutes in, I think it's a great opportunity for him to to show what we're about and uh, and also you know try and cement himself a place in that in that midfield, which we know is is congested with incredible competition for places. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see Marcus get some get some real game time. You know whether he whether he goes from the start or if he comes on and plays sort of twenty minutes or so and then plays more in the Papa Johns. I don't know, but um, I'd like to see him from the start. I really would, and I think that. 
once once he finds his feet, I think we've unearthed a bit of a rough diamond, and I think he'll be a really a really good player for us. <laughs> we got some good news, Nathan news here. Nathan has actually guessed Roberto Firmino, uh, but yeah, he, uh, that was with a little bit of prompting from uh, from Tom, and, and <laughs> he uh, he is currently saying don't don't say that you compared Omar Bogle to Firmino. And then he says, I would have hung up if I was on live today. So I don't think Nathan quite sees the the, the similarities there, Tom. But to be That's fair, fine. as we said, he went through Paolo Wonchop, Pierre Van Hoydonk, Michael Ricketts and Emil Heskey before he got there. So it was a, it was a bit uh, out of the Nathan gives it all one. this. He gives it all this tactical now, but really he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's call time. Let's uh, let's have a look at some predictions then. Hard hard one to predict, really. I admit because we don't know what sort of side either either team is going to put out. Plymouth have won their last two in League One, a four-two home win over Swindon and a two-one uh, home win over Doncaster. They're away form. They haven't won on the road at all this season. In fact, they've lost four out of six on the road in all competitions. Four-four uh, draw at Wimbledon, so I'll be up for a bit of that excitement. Um, but yeah, no uh, no wins on the road for Plymouth uh, so far this season. So Tom. Tom, uh, what's your prediction for Saturday? Uh, I think we'll win 1-0. Yeah? I was going to say, who's going to score it? But we don't know who's going to play it, so it doesn't really matter. And uh, Lewis, how do you see it going? I'm going to go 2-0, and I think Madison will get one. Hmm. It's a shame we didn't play Plymouth on Tuesday, actually, the night of the US election, because they're called the Pilgrims, aren't they? Because of that whole, basically, Plymouth founded... I think like, my history's not bang on, but basically, Plymouth founded America from there somehow. So, you know, Connor Washington and the Pilgrims, oh, it would have been brilliant. I could have come up with 10 jokes on that. But we won't waste our time on that anymore. Let's, uh, I think we've got to the end of uh, uh, this week's big match preview. Thanks to all of you uh, who've listened uh, to the show. Uh, thanks to Lewis and to Tom for joining in and for laughing at all my hilarious jokes. No worries, mate. Cheers, mate. And uh, thanks, to, like I say, thanks to those of you who listen. We'll be back on Sunday to look back at the game against Plymouth in the FA Cup. Then we'll have a bit of a break because it is the international break. Uh, but we look forward to seeing you on Sunday, and uh, we shall speak to you then. See you later. Roberto Firmino. <laughs> Absolutely what wrong and what a wrong and you are. Roberto Firmino. Jesus Christ, boy. <laughs> <laughs>